Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Grab your Bibles. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to follow up a little bit this week. Last week I spoke to you a message that was called the Mosaic Maker. And the crux of that message was how God can take the broken, how he takes the broken, shattered pieces of our life and makes a beautiful, incredible mosaic out of it. Only an incredible God can do that. You know, all of us have had times where there's been bits and pieces broken off of us, bits and pieces, maybe shattered dreams, shattered hope. Maybe things didn't work out the way we want them to work out. And God has this ability to make something beautiful out of what others would look at and say, that's not so beautiful. And God has this incredible way of doing that. And I got a number of responses from that message. And there was a few that were good. Some were kind of like questioning and not questioning the message, but rather, I mean, a hope deferred makes the heart sick. There's people waiting for the good to still happen. Because the crux of the message last week was Romans 8. For God causes all things to work together for the good of those who are called, loved by him and called according to his purpose. Love him and called according to his purpose. Now listen, we talked last week where God can cause all things to work for the good, but how many know God doesn't cause all things? There are some things that we gotta stop blaming on God that God hasn't caused. We have an adversary. We have an adversary who causes things in our life. We make choices and decisions of our own that causes things to happen, amen? And so we gotta stop blaming God for some of the things that happen. God causes all things to work for the good, but how many know all things aren't good? There are some times when things just happen. And so we talked about that verse and how God is able to take all these broken pieces, make this beautiful, incredible mosaic. And so what I want to do today is I want to talk a little bit about what are some of the things that we can do in that process as God takes us, these earthen vessels that kind of get chipped away at, they kind of get, how many, how many have you ever been chipped away at? Okay, only a few. All right. That they've been chipped away at. We live on this earth. And so Paul has this beautiful portion of Scripture that many of us know. Let me read it to you. I won't be real long this morning, I promise. And everybody said, yeah, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it reminds me years and years ago. Whenever, remember they used to do portable pastor? All right. Matt, I mean, that's the portable pastor. And he was, okay. You remember the one that Nick did when he had the uh, portable pastor with a mute button? <laughs> Everybody always prays for a mute button on portable pastor. Let me read this scripture to you. You're very familiar with it. And then I'm going to get into it just a little bit and, and show you some things that we do as earthen vessels as we cooperate with God creating this mosaic. Because how many know the mosaic is always in the making? All right, it's not something we get to a finished uh, place in our life and say, okay, it's done. No, no, no. How I many know we're being transformed from glory to glory, from glory to glory, from glory to glory? And it's, it's ongoing, it's ongoing, okay? The mosaic is always in the making. This familiar scripture, verse 7 But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of power will be of God and not from ourselves. We are afflicted in every way. Everybody, anybody ever been afflicted? but not crushed. We're perplexed. Anybody here ever been perplexed, but not despairing? We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body, the dying of Jesus, so the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. Now let me talk to you for a few moments. The apostle Paul is writing this from his perspective and his ministry being an apostle and all the things that were happening to him. All right, prior to this, he talked in chapter three about the Inward work of the Holy Spirit. Let me take you there for a few moments. All right. In chapter three, just going to set some scriptures in place, and then I'm going to give you a few things, and we'll be out of here. Amen. All right. Paul says this in verse two of chapter three. You are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by all men, being manifested that you're a letter of Christ, cared for us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on the tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Then if you'll fast forward to me just a bit, verse 7. But if the ministry of death in letters engraved on stones came with glory, so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because the glorious face fading, how will the ministry of the Spirit 
fail to be even more with glory. How many know today that you and I live in an era where we're not living under the ministry of the old covenant, we're living under the ministry of the new covenant, which is the spirit of God who lives inside of us. All right, on an ongoing daily basis. Listen to me, how many know you don't have to come to church to get ministered to? How many know you're ministered to on a daily basis by the Holy Spirit whom dwells inside of you? All right, if you're waiting to get to church to get ministered to, you're getting shortchanged. We want to minister to you at church. We want to be as a pastor. We want to be separate. And we want to minister. But I'm going to tell you something. There is somebody greater than Pastor Jim who wants to minister to you. There is somebody greater than Pastor Jim who wants to minister to your heart. And that ministry comes from the Holy Spirit. All right, let me read you another scripture. Okay? And then it goes this in verse 10, or verse, verse 9. For if the ministry of condemnation has glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. For indeed, what had glory in this case has no glory because of the glory that surpasses it. All right, now, a little bit farther, and then I'm going to preach to you, all right? Now, verse 1, Paul says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Paul's talking about his ministry as an apostle. But listen to me for a moment. Listen to me. I want to give you something right off the bat. All right, to be a minister of the Holy Spirit, I must receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I receive, listen to me, all of us have been called ministers, amen? How many know today we live as priesthood of the believer? Every one of us who are believers, there's a priesthood of the believer. But listen to me for just a moment. You and I cannot perform any ministry that's effective for God until we receive ministry from God. His Holy Spirit indwells in me, lives in me, ministers to me. Not, listen to me, not just empowers me, but how many know his Holy Spirit comforts me when I mourn? His Holy Spirit carries me when I'm weak. His Holy Spirit strengthens me when I don't feel like I can go on. The fact of the matter is today, the reason that many of us cannot see God in the mosaic-making mode is because we're not receiving ministry from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will minister to you as you go through life's trials, tribulations. Jesus was ministered to by the Holy Spirit. If Jesus was ministered to by the Holy Spirit, how many of you believe this morning we need to be ministered to by the Holy Spirit? The early church, multiple times through the book of Acts, you can see where they were ministered to and comforted and strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Understand something this morning. If I say nothing else to you today, understand this. You and I have received a ministry that's not a calling. We have received a ministry who is a person of the Holy Spirit, who ministers to you on a personal level. Do you understand that that ministry comes to you in all kinds of ways? That ministry, think about this for a moment. The gifts of the Spirit that operate in your life are the ministry of the Holy Spirit to empower you. The fruit of the Spirit is him ministering to you when you need joy, when you need love, when you need peace, when you need patience, kindness, goodness. These aren't things that I work up. These are things that I receive. It's a ministry I receive from the Holy Spirit. And I want to say to you this morning, the reason that some of us can't see the mosaic making God is because we're not receiving the ministry of the Holy Spirit who's speaking to our heart. Where all of a sudden now, in the midst of sorrow, I can have joy, not because of Jim, but because of the Holy Spirit who ministers joy to my heart. Man, we sometimes are missing that component of it. All right? So let me talk to you about this for just a few moments. So Paul says that we have this treasure in jars of clay. I'm a jar of clay. You're a jar of clay. Well, some of you are a jar. I might be more of a barrel, okay? All right? Like you two. When you do David and Goliath, I'm assuming she's David. Like, you just need the two of them that are up here today? All right? All right? So here's the deal. So think about this. Paul says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. What is the treasure? The treasure is the glory of God. The treasure is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The, the treasure is the new covenant, the ministry of the Spirit inside of us. That's the treasure. Aren't you glad it's not a treasure that can rust or be stolen? Aren't you glad it's not the treasures of this world, the riches of this world, but rather it's the riches of his grace, the riches of his glory that dwell inside of us, the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us, all right? The very light of God and the very light of the knowledge of Jesus Christ is inside of us. You know the interesting thing about the scripture tells us that the glory of God was reflected in the face of Jesus? 
You want to see God's glory? Read the Gospels. Read the Gospels, read about Jesus, and you will see the glory of God. Many people try to get the glory of God in manifestations, which are fine. I'm cool with with manifestations. I like manifestations. But listen to me. Jesus came to reveal the glory of the Father. And if you want to see the glory of the Father, it's found in the face of Jesus. These jars of clay that Paul's talking about were to be receptacles of this light. All right? How many know that a jar without light is a dark place? A clay pot without a light is a dark place. But the Bible says that we became treasures. We are the vessels of clay who became receptacles of this treasure, the light of the gospel that illuminates us. How many know you once were in a dark place, but the gospel has enlightened you? These jars of clay would be receptacles of his glory. How many know the Bible says that the glory of God dwells in me? Come on. We often think about, the only thing we think about us being glory is someday when we're dead and we get a glorified body. Now, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to be bigger than Brandon. And I'm going to have more muscle and more hair. To me, the Bible says at the end of chapter 3 that we are being changed from glory to glory. We are receptacles of the glory of God. Do you understand? God chose to put his glory in human flesh. You receptacles of his glory. That the same Jesus, listen to me, Jesus revealed the glory of the Father in his face. How many know today you're called to reveal his glory? That you're called to reveal that. These jars of clay would be a receptacle for the glory of God to reveal the glory of God. These jars of clay are to be a receptacle of his spirit. A clay pot without the spirit of God is nothing but a dead pot. A lot of people go to church who are dead pots. (laughs) Listen to me. Without the Spirit of God, there was no life in Adam. Until God breathed his breath into him, he was nothing but a dusty shape. Until God breathed his Spirit into him, and he came to life. All right? Without the Spirit of God, you're nothing but a dead pot. You're a clay jar. You got nothing in you. Nothing good in you. Right? But now I got the Spirit of God in me. Uh Uh-oh. Now I am something. Not because of me, but because of the Spirit of God that lives inside of me. All right? And the very, the Spirit of the God would come into this clay jar and change the very essence of this clay pot. Right? Would give life to that which was dead. Would give life to that which was killed because of the letter of the law. Now watch this. These earthen vessels, though, come with limitations, right? How many know we have limitations? How many know we're getting old? Some of us. I didn't mean me. Like, some of you are much older than me. Joni Miles. (laughs) All right? Earthen vessels come with limitations. They're temporary vessels. How many know putting something that you like, you treasure, is risky putting it in an earthen vessel. God, listen to me. God, this incredible God that we serve, believes so much in you that he's willing to put his treasure inside of a risky clay pot. Huh? Whoa. You mean, you mean you think enough of me that you can take this limited earthen vessel and entrust me with the gospel of your son and put your Holy Spirit inside of me. Yes. Whoa. I mean, that's a crazy God. That's a crazy God. He can see more in you than you can see in you. That wasn't even part of the message. Some of you today need to live up to the expectation. You've been living down to your expectations when God said, no, 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 I think enough of you to put my spirit in you, put my gospel in you. I'm going to put my treasure in your clay pot. Man, that's encouraging. That's encouraging. He says, so that the surpassing greatness of the power of God will be of God and not from ourselves. right? This inherent power, this power 
for performing miracles, this power that the Bible means about arising from numbers, this power that talked about consisting of armies and hosts, this, this incredible dunamis power would be revealed through powerless vessels, that the greatness of God would be revealed through this humble packaging, humble, humility, this clay pot. So that the superiority of God could be revealed to the inferior package. Isn't it funny that God decides to show his greatness, not through someone great, but through someone meek? Isn't it funny that God said, I'm going to show my greatness on the face of the earth through the son of a carpenter, not the son of a king. I'm going to show my greatness through a child born in a manger, not born in a palace. What does that tell us? How many know he's not looking for great packaging? He's looking for available packaging with which he can put the treasure so his greatness can be seen. I'll get to the message eventually. But the thing about these, these earthen vessels is we live on the earth with this heavenly treasure inside of us that now comes under attack. Because let me know there's an adversary who hates the treasure. There's an adversary who hates what's on the inside. There's attacks, there's persecution. We get hard pressed. And all these things that happen in our life. Hard pressed. Talks about a compressed. Pressed from every side to crush the container to steal the treasure. I mean, you know, sometimes it takes a breaking of the external to reveal the beauty of what's on the inside. I mean, like, oh, look, at every Easter, right? Every Easter, you, you go somewhere like to, to tractor supply or somewhere, and what do they do? They always put all those stupid little peeps out. And if you take your grandkids, I want one of those, I want to take one of those home. No. Okay, so the only time somebody says no, that's not happening. Thank the Lord for the deed restrictions on our house. Praise God, because we would have chickens if it was up for my wife. But praise God for the code of Logan Township. Amen. All right. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I can literally say it doesn't, that we're not allowed. Whew, thank you, Jesus. All right. But listen to me. That beautiful little peep that, oh, it's so cute. They're so awesome. Oh, could not be revealed until the packaging on the outside had some breaking, had some chipping away, and had to be fall. How many know sometimes that whenever this earthen vessel is being under attack, there's some pieces that fall off to reveal the glory of God, to reveal the greatness of God. What's on the inside? Then now I see the treasure. I see the treasure on the inside. That we're hard-pressed, we're perplexed. When you don't have the answers to the questions, you don't have the solutions to the problems. When you don't have the explanation for the situation, why, God, am I serving you and why did I get cancer? That's a perplexing moment. I got kids, baby, I got to make that pregnant. I got cancer. I don't have the answer to this. I got two little kids. We pray for their father going through congestive heart failure. All the things in life where you don't have those answers. Perplexed, but not despairing. Paul said, we're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. These men were whipped, beaten. James was beheaded. Peter was imprisoned. John was exiled. Stephen was killed. We still live in a world where some of that happens. Not in our country. But how many know there's still persecution? There's still people being beheaded. And there's still people being shot for the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, we're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. This was his testimony. Now watch what happens. I'm all, got a few points and then we'll get out of here. Like three or four hours will be good. I like miles. The rest of you are saying suck up. Watch what Paul says. I'm going to show you a few things. All right. First of all, let me say this to you. Earthen vessels are subject to earthly trials in an attempt to steal the treasure on the inside. As long as I, an earthen vessel, live on this earth, there are going to be times and seasons where I face trials of life. I got the trials of life, life happens. I got the trials that come from the enemy. 
Because how many know he's still an adversary? He still hates you. He hates God. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's still active. It drives me crazy. Listen to me. It drives me crazy when we get a certain camp that wants to, 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 to say there's no supernatural of God anymore. Really? So let me get this straight. There's still the supernatural of the devil. So we're going to let him be supernatural, but our God has stopped being supernatural. That's just stupid. Earthen vessels are subject to earthly trials because we have an adversary. We have our earthen vessels in an earthly environment. How many of we, listen to me, when the Bible talks about the Jesus, how many of the curse of the law has been broken by Jesus Christ on Calvary? How many know we still live in a sin-infected world? The Bible says not everything is under his feet as of yet, but will be. Paul talks about that. And so listen to me. Because of that, we still face trials, tribulation, because of living on this sin-infected world. And there's things that happen, and there's things that come against you, and it's to steal the treasure on the inside. And earthen vessels are not destroyed by earthly trials because we have a heavenly power that lives inside of us. Why am I not destroyed when I'm hard-pressed? Why am I not destroyed when I'm struck down? Why am I not destroyed whenever I am perplexed? Why am I not destroyed? Because the Bible tells me I have received a ministry. I have received the Holy Spirit. I have received a power inside of me that is greater than any earthly force on the outside of me. The Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That you're not destroyed because of what's on the inside of you. Do you understand this morning who lives in you? Do you understand the ministry that you have received? Do you understand the Holy Spirit is inside of you? The power of the gospel is inside of you. And now when you're weak, he is strong. And now when you are struck down, you're not destroyed. And now when you are perplexed, you're not despairing. Why? Not because of you, but because of what's inside. The treasure on the inside. You see, and in this time where the earthen vessel is being attacked and this earthen vessel is being chipped away at, all of a sudden what happens is if we're not careful, we begin to have an earthly response. How many of you have ever, ever had an earthly response to an earthly situation? Okay, like just wondering, you know. Like all of a sudden, you, you, you say, we say the scripture, we walk by faith and not by sight. But how many know we ever find ourselves speaking from sight and not by faith? Anybody ever spoke from sight and not faith? You see, Paul says about these earthen vessels. Watch this. Go with me to verse 13. Paul says, but having the same spirit of faith. Uh-oh. How many of the spirit of faith and spirit of fear cause two different reactions? How many of the spirit of faith will cause you to begin to speak? Watch this. By having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us with Jesus and present it with you. All right, here's the point. The point is this, that earthen vessels speak from the treasure on the inside, not the trial on the outside. We speak from the hope of the gospel that lives inside of us, not the trial we face on the outside. Why? Because by faith, I speak. Listen to me this morning. Faith is not denying reality. Does faith deny reality? Not at all. The fact of the matter is, you didn't deny the reality that I was diagnosed with cancer, all right? The facts say I got cancer. The truth of God's word brings healing for the cancer, all right? The fact says, the fact, the faith does not deny the facts. But I'm telling you this morning that faith will cause you to speak differently about the facts. It will cause you to speak in spite of the facts. Because listen to me, it is under trial and tribulation that what is in your heart 
will be, will be revealed. That what you believe about your God will be revealed. I told you this story last week. I'll tell you again. Naomi, she goes to Moab with her husband and two sons. All three of them die. And all of a sudden, out of her heart, she begins to speak. And what she begins to speak is not faith. What she spoke was an indictment against her God. God has turned his hand against me. God has dealt bitterly with me. Listen to me this morning. What you believe about God will come out when you go under trial and tribulation. The point, all of a sudden, now, where's, where, what, how do I speak from faith? Listen to me for a moment. Your faith, you speak from faith in your Father. Okay? Earthen vessels speak from faith in the Father. The greatest thing I know in my life is he's a good, good father. Okay? Listen to me for a moment. Many times when we go through trials, tribulations, affliction, persecution, we're hard-pressed, we're perplexed. All of a sudden, we begin to bring things out of our mouth that are casting our father in a negative light. Well, my father, he, he gave you that cancer. God gave you that cancer. Say, oh, stop that nonsense. He's my father. I'm a grandfather. I know, it's hard to believe. I'm not giving my grandchild cancer. I'm just not. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm not doing all the other stuff that we say our Father does. No, 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 no. I'm going to begin to speak faith knowing the character of my Father. Faith flows from knowing the character of my Father. And I begin to speak those words. Because I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. Now the son's words, the son's speech are now shaped by the character of the Father, not the trial that the son is facing. Come on. I mean, we, begin to be, we need to begin to change our words and our speech to align with who the Father is. I cannot imagine, maybe, my daughter saying, she might have said a few bad things about me in her life, that my father did this to me. She knows there are certain things that her daddy would never do. Would never do to her. Would never inflict upon her. Would never put upon her. And she knows that her father would work to fix anything in her life. And she goes through pain. He wants to be there to help her. If she doesn't have resources, what she, he's gonna, she, daddy will back me up. Daddy's got my back. Daddy will watch three kids on Monday. Oh. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? Is that when she knows the character, there are some of you I understand this morning. Some of you say, I could never say that about my father because he was never there for me. That's not who God is. That's not who your father is. But your father wants to be there. I begin to speak and I say, I'm hard-pressed, but God will see me through this. I'm, pre I'm, I'm, I'm been knocked down, but my Father will help me up. My words begin to speak. My faith begins to speak as a reflection of who I believe the Father to be, not the trial that I'm facing. What is it that's shaping your speech today? Is it faith in the Father and who the Father is? Or is it what you see? Or is it the pain that you're in going through? Is it the heartache? Is it the uncertainty? What is it that's shaping your speech? It's not to say that you can, you, you know, sometimes things are just, some things just stink. Right? And it's not to say and deny that there's things. No, 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 no. It's in the midst of it that you still know that your God is good. And he still loves you. And he'll still see you through it. And he's there for you, right? Earthen vessels speak, 
speak faith from the Father. We speak from the treasure on the inside of us, not on the outside. Paul said this. He said, we believe, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and present us with them. For all things are for your sake, so that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound in the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For this momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen. While we look not at the things which are seen. Things that seen happen. But the longer you focus on the things that seen, you cannot focus on the things that are seen and God at the same time. I'm talking about being focused. I cannot focus on Tim and his blinding good looks. There's only a few of us left. I cannot focus on Tim and Dick at the same time. I just can't. I can have a view from up here where I can get everybody in my peripheral. But if I really want to focus and I want to focus in on Vaughn, I cannot see everything else around me. Listen to me for a moment. There are times in your life where you're going to have to fix your focus on Jesus. Fix your focus on God. You're going to have to fix your focus. All right? Not stop looking at the things that are seen and look at the one that you cannot see, but yet you know who he is because of the treasure that is on the inside of you. You cannot focus on both of them at the same time. He said, watch, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. Here's the deal. Tim, I'm focusing on you. I got good news and bad news. You're temporal. <laughs> you are, you're, you're, that, that earthen vessel that you're in is temporal. I mean, the spirit inside of him is not. But the point I'm making is that if I fix my eyes only on him, someday he won't be there and my eyes won't be able to fix on him any longer. I fix my th- eyes on the eternal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. You see, these earthen vessels go under this attack and we go under attack and this attack and this are subject to these trials to try to steal the treasure on the inside of us. And these earthen vessels are not destroyed by these earthly trials because we have a heavenly power on the inside of us. And now because of that power and that witness on the inside of me, the Holy Spirit, who ministers to me, now this earthen vessel begins to speak not from the trials on the outside, but from the treasure on the inside. And now that speech is shaped by knowing who my father is and who my father isn't. And now also I speak, earthen vessels speak from a future promise, not just present pain. I got a presence that's written in the word of God that I have a future and I know what that future is. And listen to me this morning, and I'm gonna speak according to that promise, not just the present pain that I feel. Why? Because everything about this life I know is temporary. Just temporary. Guess what? I'm not going to be your pastor forever. Go ahead, shout. It's okay. Someday, I'm going to spin out of this world. It's like racing, racing terminology. I'm going to spin out. I'm gone. I'm out. I'm dying. I'm dead. Going to be with Jesus. All right? Someday, some of you aren't going to be. I'm going to look out here, and some of your seats are going to be empty someday. And we're going to mourn, and we're going to grieve because you're gone. We're going to rejoice where you are. Right? The point is, many of us live, we look, and we speak only from the pain of the present, not according to the promise of the future. You see, Who's closing today, by the way? Rachel, are you closing or is Troy closing? Who's playing music at the end of this thing? Where is it? 
He, he's pointing at you. You're pointing at him. You guys want me to sing? You just want to mock me. Come on, Rachel. Listen to me for a moment. Listen to me. I, I, I really wrestled this week saying, God, why, how do you want me to follow this up some? You see, I got this mosaic-making God who takes my broken, shattered pieces and he's making this beautiful mosaic out of all of it. And yet, there are times I can look at it and say, I don't see it. And how do I cooperate with this? How do I, how do I cooperate with this in knowing that the mosaic is always in the making? You see, some of you are looking for a moment when the mosaic is completed. How many know the mosaic is always in the making? Paul said we're being transformed from glory to glory. That we're daily being renewed. That renewal process is part of the mosaic making process. And so in the process of it, this earthen vessel is being chipped away at. That's sometimes hard-pressed and sometimes perplexed and sometimes struck down and sometimes in pain and sometimes going through the stuff. How do I react to this? Well, I come back to saying, okay, I'm this earthen vessel, but I got something. First of all, first of all, you've got to receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He wants to minister to you. Listen to me. He's a person. He's not a mystical force. He's not an inanimate object. He's not a mist. He's not a cloud. (laughs) He's not all the other. He's not a river. He's a person. He's a person that dwells inside of you. That Jesus called the comforter. That Jesus called the guide, a teacher. And in these moments, all of life, he wants to minister to you. And in the moments where you're hard-pressed, he's ministering to you. He's ministering you got to have a relationship to know that he's ministering to you. And, 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 and it's, it's, it's not something that you get. It's someone that you receive. And he lives inside of you. And he ministers. And all of a sudden, have you heard me say many, many times, I got this joy that I don't know where it comes from. I mean, I'm typically a goof, but I also got this joy. And I don't know where this joy comes from, it's not Jim working it up. It's just there. It's called the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's called the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Who says, I'm going to give you something that you need that comes from me to you. I'm going to give you power. You've got to receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He wants to minister to you. I know what Paul said, and I know what he meant when he said, we've received this ministry. And I know Paul in that context was talking about what he was called to do. But long before Paul could do what he was called to do, he received the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I want to say to you this morning, receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Receive it. It won't change every circumstance and situation. But it will change how you go through every circumstance and situation. And all of a sudden, what happens is as you begin to receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit... You're empowered. There's things there that you don't understand. Why, man? I'm like, like, why am I not? Why am I not despairing? Because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, that treasure on the inside of you begins to shape the very words that begin to come out of your mouth. Because now you're not fixed on the temporal. You're not fixed on just the scene. But now that internal witness of that person ministering to you now begins to change the words. And all of a sudden you begin to speak words of faith. And all of a sudden you begin to speak words of hope. And all of a sudden you begin to speak words of life. It changes what comes out of your mouth. If you're, if, if, if you're, if you're negative and critical all the time, you have not received the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You cannot be negative and critical all the time and have received the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You cannot be unloving and miserable. (laughs) Miserable Christian. There's something that doesn't go together. 
right? Because you receive this ministry of the Holy Spirit. If you're hateful, unforgiving, this earthen vessel that has this treasure begins to speak from a place of faith. All of a sudden, I know who my father is and I know what has come from my father and I know what hasn't come from my father and I know what my father wants to do and I know who my father is and my words are going to speak of his testimony not the things of this world not this other stuff my God is still good my father is still good my father still walks with me he still wants good for me my father didn't give this to me my father didn't make this happen my father is a good good father And while I cannot see, while I cannot see the mosaic in its completion yet in my life, I know that my Father is working on the mosaic and it's a work in process and I'm going to rejoice in the work in process. Man, my God is good. Just telling you how good He is. It's on the inside, man. It's on the inside. It's all on the inside. All right, I'm done. I'm going to give you a climactic closing. Okay, I'm done. Some of you are waiting for the completed picture to say it's good. The process is good. It's not always pleasant. And it's not always pain-free. But when God's the mosaic maker, it's always good. The process is good. Father, this morning, cause faith to arise in our hearts. Father, I pray this morning that in this house there would be individuals saying, you know what? I just need to receive, receive this ministry of the Holy Spirit. That you've tried to have a different outlook. You've tried to have a different focus. You've tried to have a different way of looking at things. But you've been the one trying to shape it. But I promise you this. As you begin to hear, receive this life-giving ministry that flows from his Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that strengthened the church when there were people martyred. The same Holy Spirit that comforted the church in the book of Acts. The same Holy Spirit that empowered the church in the book of Acts. Same Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. Same Holy Spirit now dwells inside of this earth and vessel. causes me to stand and causes me to speak causes me to walk in faith and causes me to speak in faith causes me to fix my eyes on the future not just my present so father this day I would pray that this message would be a revelation and a realization of who and what is inside of us as believers. And when our mouth opens, we say, (laughs) because I believe, I therefore speak. So Father, today, use these words as an encouragement Use them as comfort. Use them as whatever you need. Whatever individuals need. Minister through your Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name. God's people say. Come on, stand to your feet. Rachel.
When Rachel started playing today, and part of the song was about who God really is, what he does for us. But part of the song in my heart, because I what I had heard, I got a message from my sister, was a part of the, the, the message I got was not a good message. But because I know Jesus, that's a good part. The other thing is the song that went through my heart and all through this service, as Jim, Pastor Jim was speaking, is, and whose report will you believe? I shall believe the report of the Lord. His report says, I am healed. I stand on that because I was dying. I was not saved. People from my church prayed, and I am here 40-some years later because of it. He's still the same God. He still heals. He saves. He heals. That's what he died for. But it also needs to be proclaimed. It also needs to be said in such a way that it can encourage and give others hope that in the worst of situations, whether it's a death of a loved one or a physical ailment, God intervenes and God is there. Our part is to believe. And sometimes we have difficulty believing. And so the scripture also says, help thou my unbelief. And I've gone that route too. But he still heals and saves and watches over us. The bad news, and I'm going to share it because uh, Randy said in corporate prayers, God seems to uh, show more favor maybe. I don't know if that's the right word to say. But because of corporate prayer, I have had much in my life that is, unless God intervenes, it doesn't happen. But because of corporate prayer and people believing, even when I couldn't and didn't, God moved on my behalf. And because of that, I do not ever want to have to stand before him and say, or him say, you had opportunity to share that may have helped someone else along the way. The news that I heard was my nephew, one of them, um, and he lives far away. The news was um, squamous cell carcinoma. That is cancer of the lung. And I don't think it was by mistake. I, I just think it was part of the God plan that Rachel had such a touch from the Lord in regard to lungs. Uh, and the other thing, well, it was staged, it's supposedly stage three. The other thing is that uh, he has a brain tumor, inoperable. When I heard that, what went through my brain at that time was, oh, whose report will you believe? I shall believe the report of the Lord. His report says, I am healed. And devil, you're a liar. The next day, and I had shared that with my sister who lives out of town. The next day... And that's a hard thing sometimes to share with a mother that has that kind of news. Um, the next day I heard that um, he not only has stage four, stage three, he has sta- uh, of the lung, it's stage three, uh, four of the tumor, but they also de- he also developed a smaller one. Tomorrow they start with the mask. And then they will start radiation, supposedly. But I'm standing on the Word. And the Word says in Isaiah 53, 3-5, to 
that by his stripes I am healed. Doesn't say can be, will be. It says I am healed. And I stand on that. Because you know why? God doesn't lie. God never lies. He is faithful. He is just. And so at that point, that is all that I wanted to share with you. But um, I don't think it's by accident that some of the things that you preached today were preached, nor that Rachel shared what she shared. And I don't think it stops here. I've been going since God more or less brought me from almost a death to life because my blood count was down to two. That's not too good. Really isn't. And it didn't stop like in one day. Actually, it was over a period of um, two or three weeks that I had transfusions and different things. But the point is, when God touched me, that totally was healed. The hole that was the size of a silver dollar ceased. It was healed. No scar tissue. Never had another problem. And so when he does something, it's never halfway. And you need to hear that too. He is a complete God. When he does something and you're touched by God, you are never the same. And he is complete in what he does. Thank you. Thank you. Let me say something. You know, a lot of times people go through circumstances and situations in life, and then it begins to form your words. It begins to form your faith, level of faith. I told you about Naomi, lost husband and two sons. She brought an indictment against God. said, you did this, you did that. And then she changed her identity according to what happened. She said, don't call me Naomi, which means delight. Call me Mara, which means bitterness. And the reason I say that is, here's a lady serving God for a long time. Supernaturally touched by God very many years ago. And then saved. That'll mess with some people's theology. All right. I love messing with people's theology. All right. But then, in the course of life, lost a son at the age of 36, 5. Thirty-eight to cancer. Lost a husband a few years ago. The point I'm making is it has not shaped her God. It has not shaped a level of faith. She still believes in who God is, what God does, and has not been shaped by the trials of life. And that's an encouragement. sees you through it, right? And so, Father, we come right now. We pray for the nephew. We come together. We join our hearts. We join our words. We join our hearts together. And, and we say, Father, we, this, this young man be healed in the name of Jesus. That, Father, you are a good, good father. And we're praying healing. We're praying life. We're praying a healing touch, Father, supernaturally by the Spirit of God. Father, we thank you for faith that is not shaped by trials, but rather faith that is shaped by who God is, who you are, who you say you are. And so, Father, this day we would speak from who you are. We pray for a miracle in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. Amen. Have a great week.